Hello and welcome to the show. Another week of Survivor Season 39, Island of the Idols. This podcast is called On the Island. And that's where you are to talk some more Survivor. And I should emphasize, this show is not sponsored by or supported by the television show Survivor or the television channel CBS in any way, shape, or form. It's an independent podcast who just happens to love talking Survivor. I'm your host, Taylor Gaines. And with me, as usual, to break it all down, the latest and greatest action from this week's Tribe Swap and much more, his boys at home would say he loves to eat Applebee's every single night. It's Tyler B. Commons. Hey, if I've learned anything from this season, it's you don't bite the hand that feeds you. And since you keep inviting me back, I'm going to keep eating the podcast. I lost it. Dang it. Mm. So Welcome, I'm here. It's me. Logical <laughs> sentence. Don't bite oh. the hand that feeds you, Ty, unless that hand is Applebee's. Golly, I love Applebee's. I'm not going to lie. Applebee's is like... There's Chili's and then there's Applebee's. And Chili's is just slightly better. They have a better lunch menu. But Applebee's at night used to have a two-for-one <laughs> beer special at half-price appetizers. And I used to eat that at least twice a week. Because this is an amazing you could get, take. You could get triple cheeseburger sliders and fries and two-for-one beer for like six bucks. That's a beautiful thought, Ty. But here's the problem. <laughs> Applebee's... Chili's, Ruby Tuesday, Outback, and a number of other restaurants that I can't think of off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure the same restaurant, just with different names plastered on the front, <laughs> and I'm not falling for it. How dare you? Ruby Tuesdays is so unique. They have a salad bar. TGI Fridays, that's another one. Outback Steakhouse has the Bloomin' Onion. Yeah, they, that's how they throw you off their scent. They try to pretend like they're different restaurants. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. I mean, they they all have their positives and negatives. Yeah, and this was certainly a week for people to make fun of Applebee's on Twitter. I saw plenty of fun jokes. Uh, well, this one not so fun, but like Corinne Kaplan, who I believe is a previous Survivor, season 17 and 26, said, I once got roofied in an Applebee's and the food was still the worst thing that happened to me that night. <laughs> Which, Okay. And then another tweet said, apparently a few weeks of limited to no food is all it takes to get people excited about Applebee's. <laughs> That's clever. I like that. Our friend Andy Dennert wrote, it's tempting to make fun of the extensive Applebee's product integration in the same way it's tempting to go out to eat literally anywhere except Applebee's. <laughs> so unnecessary, but like, we still got to do it anyways. <laughs> a lot of just <laughs> Applebee's bashing. I think... Let's let's be real. Here's the hot take, Ty. Applebee's, it's fine. You, <laughs> I totally agree. My you're brother, not gonna leave. <laughs> you're not gonna leave happy, but you're not gonna leave disappointed. My brother worked there for years, and he left disappointed every night after work ended. So <laughs> I, I think it might actually be worse to work there than it is to eat there. And obviously, you're better off going to Apple A's. Stop. <laughs> You're not, you're not a dad yet. You can't make that joke. Oh, Ty. I just, as indifferent as I am about Applebee's, watching the castaways go on and on screaming and like holding each other, like they were acting as if they had been 
taken to a planet far away by aliens with <laughs> thought that they would never return home and then all of a sudden they were brought back to Earth and just were freaking out. I mean, Missy was celebrating as if she had just won some kind of world championship and <laughs> they were all just like <laughs> just ranting and raving in their confessionals. Karishma saying it was her favorite sit-down restaurant. Yep. Tommy, for some reason, knowing like every menu item at Applebee's and just listing them off. <laughs> what can I say? When you're stuck on an island and there's nothing better, you might as well eat one of those giant blue drinks with a shark gummy. I Honestly, Ty, they said what? the name of it three times and what? I don't remember. <laughs> That's how bad the advertising was. What is a blue ribbon brownie? Jeff said that and everyone was like, oh my God, a blue ribbon brownie. I've what totally heard of that. I have no idea. It's it's probably their Smothered brownie. in hot queso with all the fixins. It does have all the fixins. I love that Jamal asked that and he was like, yes, they won't be upset if I say that. <laughs> Tommy said as they walked up to their reward, Walking up to Applebee's was unbelievable, which is certainly the first time anyone's ever said that sentence. Oh, oh, my God. Okay. We can stop with the Applebee's jokes, I guess. Although, Ty, it probably took up a good 40% of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly felt like 40%, but it was it was a good time. When, when I don't understand what it's like to be as starving as they are. And I think that's a positive thing. So if I'm having someone send out microwaved food, I mean fresh fajita food, like I'm going to be excited. (sighs) I'll give them that. But the most important thing that happened in that sequence was a tribe swap. Yes. Last week we talked about, at least I said, that Karishma should have gone because guess what? As soon as you get a tribe swap, she's not with you. And I think that bore out pretty quickly. But the new tribes tie. Vokai now consists of Elizabeth, Missy, Elaine, Tommy, Dan, Jason, Lauren, and Aaron. A 4-4 split from the previous original tribes. Elizabeth, Missy, Elaine, and Aaron sticking together from the original Lyro tribe. And Tommy, Dan, Jason, and Lauren sticking together from the original Vokai tribe. What did you make of that 4-4 split, Ty? I wish that every split could go that way. I thought it was interesting um, at Tribal. Sandra was talking a little bit about it. Maybe it wasn't Tribal. Maybe it was her live on the uh, CBS Instagram. I think that's really where it was. But she says she's not a fan of tribe swaps, and they throw too big of a wrench in the situations you're creating. And I can definitely see how that's true, but seeing, I think, that tribe having a 4-4 split is the ideal way it has to go because I'm really curious to see if somebody's going to flip-flop and do that rather than drawing rocks because drawing rocks just leaves it up to, well, whoever's got four, then the next three are going to go. So I I think that's the best way it could have happened, unlike what happened over at the Lyro tribe. Well, I would argue it's actually unfortunate, though, for the Vokais who got put on the 4-4 tribe because they had this big advantage in total numbers that didn't bear out when they swapped. But it, it brings life back into the game. You know, it, Oh, it's it, better for us. Right, it's better for us, and it gives a chance to those people because Lyro might never have won again. 
had that <laughs> swap not that. happened and I'm, we'll get to it in a moment but it it's fun for us but i'm also totally on board with sandra saying it it's terrible it blows up your game you don't you know you can't say vokai or lyro strong or whichever one it is depending on the season anymore but it, it's entertaining and i i'm happy the way that one ended up and it's not like anyone seems to hate anyone on that tribe either so that'll be really interesting once they have to go to tribal this is potentially a huge spoiler so skip forward 15 seconds if you don't want to hear it but it seemed like a it seemed like they showed us that the new vokai tribe is going to tribal next week in the next time on it definitely felt like it (laughs) anyway enough of that um new lyro as you mentioned is a little more imbalanced five three old Vokais versus old Lyros. Nora, Kelly, Jamal, Jack, and Janet coming from old Vokai. Tom, Dean, and Karishma from old Lyro. This tribe felt like those three of Tom, Dean, and Karishma were just in danger the entire time. And that bore out. But I I liked the way that this episode played out as an episode because... Well, we went to Tribal knowing it was going to be one of the three. We were still questioning which one. You know, they built a pretty strong case for Karishma, which they've been doing all season. But seeing those three kind of ostracized wasn't necessarily bad. And I thought that the show did the best they could with what they had. So just from a blanket, like, overall standpoint of these are the two tribes we had, how did you think the challenges were going to go? Well... I look at one tribe, and I see Tommy, and I see Aaron. Tommy, who I believe was described in this episode as (laughs) a long, pale, goofball-looking guy. Yeah, but I mean, he's got, I don't know, I think he's got some muscles. But you got Tommy, you got Aaron, you got Missy, you got Elizabeth, who might be the four most fit people in the entire game. So it just kind of felt like that tribe was going to do really well. I mean, you could argue that Dean or whatever looks fit, who, by the way, is a D1 basketball player. Apparently. Thanks for mentioning that in the show. Um, and it it just felt like Vokai had to win. Well, and you're being very generous by not mentioning the main reason that it seems they kept winning, which is Karishma is, like, truly terrible at challenges mm-hmm. in a way that, like, I don't even think they're editing it in uh, emphatic fashion. Like, it seems like they actively can't hide how bad she is at challenges. Like, she's dragging Nora along in that sand challenge and, like, struggling to get up ladders and swim in the other challenge. And it's just, it's hard to watch. Yeah, I wonder, because I, I felt a little bad about that because Jeff would not stop commenting on how slow she was. I think it was three times in that initial challenge that he's like, she's so slow up that ladder. She's not swimming. She's falling behind. Someone's got to help her out of the water. Yeah, and like, certainly an editing choice to same, show each of those moments. <laughs> I would react the same way she did, where it's like, shut up, Jeff. I'm still out here doing my best. Like, I feel bad. That doesn't... That's not me trying to argue that she is good at challenges because it's very obvious from the show and from the editing that she's not good at challenges. And the fact that everyone, when they get back to their own beach, says, well, Karishma let us down again. But Yeah, it's a tough look when like someone like Jack, who seems to really like her even, is like, yeah, man, I don't know. (laughs) It's tough. 
she did have a really beautiful sequence in this episode where she opened up to her new tribe about arranged marriages and her life. And it was very touching. She talked about how she had been married for four and a half years and doesn't know what to do. I do hope for her sake that she had a conversation with her family and or husband about this conversation before the show came on. Cause it was like actually so personal that I got a little uncomfortable. Yeah. I was kind of squirming in my seat a little bit as she was talking. Like, I really hope she got to talk to CBS, but maybe not. I mean, once you go out there, I mean, who knows? I think I saw someone on Twitter who had been on the show previously comment on the fact that like, there are so many conversations like that, that you never see on the show. And it's Mm -hmm. an interesting choice for them to put that one up because it was like a nice vulnerable moment for her where for once they didn't portray her as like being annoying and self-pitying and they showed her being much more vulnerable. And at the same time, it was like, man, if I went on this show, I don't know like how I would feel if people saw me talking about my life like that. (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting because we always talk about these human moments and this might have been the best human moment of the season. Just the way that she was vulnerable finally. You know, she she keeps saying she's on the outs and no one likes her and blah, blah, blah. But then the tribe gets rearranged and she feels like she has the freedom to talk. And I really like that. That's when I think Survivor's at its best. And yeah, hearing that her family basically ostracized her and shamed her and ridiculed her because she wouldn't get married. And then she's finally like, okay, fine, I'll get married. She still did that in kind of a a tactful way where she said, they don't like hold a gun to your head and force you to get married, but you know, you can get, you should get married if it's arranged. And I, I don't know. I, I think it also gave me a bigger understanding of, who we've been watching the first four episodes because if you're in that situation that appears to be so tough for her, she hasn't been able to open up to anyone. Why is she suddenly going to be on an Island and willing to open up to everybody? And it might just be, she's finally feeling comfortable. She's finally feeling like she's, you know, escaped whatever is back home and that weight has been lifted and she can talk. But I really loved the way other than it feeling a little squirmish from CBS. Cause I just don't know what permissions they have. I mean, obviously you give them the rights to your life, but it, I hope it wasn't a low blow and I hope it wasn't something that is going to haunt her now, but I really appreciated how open and honest she was able and willing to be. Yeah, it's interesting seeing what happens to people when you go out on that island because it's a heightened version of your true self that gets exhibited to the world where you're just being the person you are with nothing to mask you, no job or devices or social media presence. It's just like you putting this version of yourself in front of other people and trying to connect with them in this really intimate setting and at the same time trying to cut everyone's throats so you could argue that it's either the most realistic human situation possible or just the least (laughs) but yeah depends on your worldview (laughs) yeah you don't get to go home at night you don't get to have time away from these people um tom talked about that 
the best when he was talking about his game, you know, he said he'd like to look for idols more, but he also said like, you never could escape it. Everyone was playing hard, but they're trying to be friends. But people would like wake up. You had to play 24 seven. This is exactly what he said. People are getting up in the middle of the night and it's raining and they sit by the fire and they talk strategy. You don't want to just be sitting by the camp all day. You want to participate. You'll get firewood and walk with people and talk about stuff and get to know people, especially after the tribe swap, getting to know the new Lyra tribe. The quote ended terribly. Um, but, like, you always are playing this game, but you never get a break. It's literally the middle of the night when it's pouring rain and you're stuck with these people. It's it's strategy, but it's also real life, and I think that's what makes it so fun and so difficult. Yeah, I think he said somewhere else in that interview that he didn't realize how much it was stressing him out until it was over, basically, mm-hmm. mentally. And that that's an interesting thing to think about. It's sort of like when you are at a job that is driving you insane and you're kind of like used to it and then you don't realize how much it was in your head until you leave and then you're like wow is this what relaxation feels like is this what (laughs) breathing feels like and it's it's just kind of wild and uh, except it's 24 hours a day so i can only imagine tom did have a couple weird parting words i guess we'll have to come back to him because there is a dynamic of like Tom, Karishma, and Dean that we should dig into a little bit more. But while while we're talking about the personal stuff and how personal it can be, we did stumble upon a classic Survivor casting thing this week, which is <laughs> Dean and Kelly have a mutual friend, like a pretty close mutual friend from what it sounds like, in that Dean dated a girl for six years. And this girl knew Kelly in business school pretty well. Dude, that is a long time. But I I do think that's funny. Like, do you think that slipped under the radar for casting? Jeff said they had no idea about the connection. Yeah, maybe it was... I guess it's hard because, like, you might have even found out that Dean had a long girlfriend. A long girlfriend. (laughs) That Dean had a long-term girlfriend. But... You probably wouldn't have thought to ask, hey, Kelly, who else was in your college, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if there's been no photos, you know, posted somewhere on social media with her. Well, and I don't know one if, of each. if you go on Facebook, are you able to view mutual friends that people have with each other or only with you and that person? I don't Just know. with you and that person, right? I think just you and that person. But that would still so, show up, maybe. Regardless, uh, this obviously has happened before. A couple years ago, we talked about the two people. I think it was like Patrick and Allie or something who mm-hmm. went to college like across the street from each other yep. and were like actually friends and they somehow missed that. So this is a much smaller snafu and it seems Kelly and Dean are using it to connect, but they're being very careful. Yeah, it was... I really liked the edit after the tribe's switched because it showed a bunch of ways to connect and you know you said dean and kelly but i also think about like tommy and aaron when they were sitting around and they were talking about their kids and aaron brings up his socks that have his kid's face on them and his how he's so embarrassed but they were connecting and i i thought that this episode did a really good job of letting us know these people now maybe that is linked to (laughs) no island of the idols but we got to see a lot of a lot of connections happening and we got to hear a lot of backstory or tidbits of backstory on a lot of different people 
Yeah, as a podcaster, I guess I should say something very judgmental, which is Aaron is one of those people who seems like intense enough to me that like it's hard to tell when he's connecting with people personally just to do it. Like the way it was framed in this episode was sort of unfair to him in in that sense, I guess, that they showed him in an interview saying like, I really need to connect with people. And then it cut right to him like, Hey, you like my socks? And then like (laughs) kind of awkwardly transitioning into this story about his son, which was clearly heartfelt because when he talked in his confessional about his son, he was getting emotional. But I wonder how that reads to people like Tommy, if they're like, Oh, this is sort of a transparent way. Cause we've seen that in the past. Like, remember a couple seasons ago when Chrissy was accused of like, oh, you were just pretending to be our friends so that you could get our vote. and Just being I, relatable to everything. Right, and I, I think you might not see that happen with Aaron for reasons that he's not something that Chrissy is. But I think it that it's the same kind of thing where I'm hesitant of how to handle those people because someone like Tommy, for whatever reason, comes across much more like genuine even though he's obviously using it as a strategy too maybe this is just a a weird social hang-up that i have yeah i mean i definitely say aaron is more intense so part of that i think also comes through with his number one alliance in missy that they both they're both very intense they're both very intense and they're both playing really really hard so i think maybe will unfairly question his sincerity when he's talking to Tommy in this situation. But I also think part of that had to be real because he has socks with his kid's face on them and he's wearing them out there on survivor. Like I'm not going to knock the guy for, (laughs) for bringing his kid out there with him in some small way. How did you feel having no Island of the idols this week? 28 seconds of Rob and Sandra on our television screens. Wow, what did that drop it down to? 16% or something like that? I haven't even we, done the math. Uh, I didn't miss it. I I will say, like I've said the oh. first four episodes, it, it hasn't bothered me. It's not Ghost Island. It's not Redemption Island. Sorry, whatever the heck last season was even called. Edge of Extinction. Yeah, Edge of Extinction. It's, it's not a theme that bugs me but i also don't miss it and i think that was what was great this felt like a true classic survivor episode in that there weren't really any gimmicks we had a tribe swap which we've had since i don't know season five something like that and just being able to see things change you got to see a fun dynamic of elaine and missy like chilling on the beach having fun doing a fake wrestling match i i feel like this episode Maybe because they got rid of a gimmick like Island of the Idols, it was one of my favorite because I felt like I got to know who people are in a really organic and natural way versus like, here's a quick 30 second something heartfelt that we have to get in because this guy's going home and we need his story to be heard a little bit. I got to hear a little bit about Dean. I got to hear a little bit about Tom and we got to know Karishma even better. And it it was clear one of those three was going home. But I think with this extra time, they were able to handle it better than having a gimmick section of an episode. Yeah, you're right. There's nothing less gimmicky, nothing more organic and natural than... Stop it. Applebee's is my favorite (laughs) walk-in restaurant. But Applebee's wasn't to the extent of Island of the Idols. 
I would argue it was. <laughs> it was so long, Ty. It went on for so long that I was like, when does this end? Spawn Con. We got straight up Spawn Con in the middle of this episode. Oh, anyway, I, I do think I didn't miss it either. I actually thought to myself that at some point they had filmed an entire Island of the Idol segment and just cut it out of the episode because it was so lame. <laughs> and they have fully just run out of lessons. But I imagine we'll be back there soon. But if we would be back there soon, why would you not show it in the teaser for next week and instead show a huge spoiler in the teaser for next week, it seems. I, Probably. Maybe I'm wrong. Nonetheless, like you said, that did give us more time to focus on the new Lyro tribe and who was going home between Tom, Dean, and Karishma, that bottom three over there. And I think it was ultimately a pretty simple, straightforward question of do we try to stay strong and win a challenge or do we vote out someone who we think is way too loyal to the other side? Yeah, and it... It's interesting the two contrasting sides of that argument because on the one hand, we already talked about it, Karishma is not good at physical challenges. She doesn't seem to be good at puzzles. I think at one point Tom was talking about, well, how do we continue to hide her in challenges? Like if we keep her around, how do we hide her? How do we make her essentially a non-factor? And that stinks. And Tom... I got to say, Ty, as we're recording, the NBA season just started, and I happen to have this Houston Rockets game on the television. And (laughs) I don't know if you've seen this. Have you seen this? Have I seen what? Russell Westbrook has a haircut that looks like a couple of centipedes were trying to escape from his head, and they didn't quite make it. And now they're just sitting there, and the rest of his head is braided up in an interesting way. And nope. you can't hide that on the court. That's all I was thinking about as you were talking. It's like, you can try to hide Karishma in a challenge, but you can't hide this horrifying haircut that Russell Westbrook has. Anyway, not a basketball Russ's, podcast. <laughs> you can't hide Russ's haircut. Um, yeah, and then you have the contrasting style of Tom. I think Tom would have been fantastic on season one through six. I think he's I, I'm the amazed exact that these people still make with. it on the show, honestly. But th- that's the part that Tom going home, I was sad to see Tom leave. Tom ended up being a really likable guy. I liked the class when he walked out and he's like, best of luck. Seriously, Ollie, best of luck. I want you guys to do well in this game. And I'm still at a loss. I still don't understand why you keep Karishma around versus Tom, unless they're just thinking, well, Tom's going to go, Karishma's going to go, Jack's going to go. Well, and then here's my thought. It's over. Here's a quote from Tom. Canadians are a proud people, and I grew up in Canada, and I grew up playing hockey in Canada, and you're raised a certain way. And I really felt like I really wanted to play the game that same way that I was raised. There's a joke that if you ever got to a four-way stop with four cars in Canada, nobody would ever move because Canadians are so polite and nice to each other. So I kept wanting to play that loyal, respectful kind of game. And he seemed like someone who would do that and who would continue to go back to his original Lyro tribe whenever the merge would come along. So I wonder if the calculation was Karishma hates her original tribe so much that she's with us 
and if we get her we can slowly pick off the original lyro tribe even if we keep losing so that by the time we get back to the merge us nine or whatever are going to be set to just get to the final nine or eight and then it's just anybody's game from there yeah and i I think that's speaking to the greater kind of issue we talked about even a little bit last week where the game is being played almost at too high of a level for shakeups and for fun things to happen i I just i really miss true blindsides i really miss somebody flip-flopping at the last moment i think that's why i'm so excited next week because if scenes from the next episode are telling us anything we might have a shakeup, and i think that would be super awesome to watch but i want it to be a real shakeup. i don't want it to be a television blindside so where do you come down on like you think it's the wrong move to keep karishma in this case if i was out there i would drop karishma because you need to win a challenge eventually. And she just seems like she's not physically gifted enough to keep up with the rest of the cast. And like I said, I don't know Karishma, never met Karishma, but it it seems like she's isolating herself at camp and she's isolating herself in the challenges. I get that she's a free vote that you can tell to do whatever you want, but I don't think that outweighs the giant letdown that she's being so far yeah i mean i could see that but i think she seems like an easy draw to me i guess the thing i the hang up i would have would be once you get to the merge everyone's gonna want to keep her around because she has no chance of winning and like that's a spot for you in the final three and you're kind of not gonna be able to get it because people aren't gonna want you there versus her I think the other argument is Dean and Karishma don't like each other. If you vote Karishma out, Tom and Dean are probably more of a solid two to like try to start something where Dean and Karishma are never going to undermine whatever you're trying to pull as a group. I think that's fair. I think, it, I think it's... I hate to say it. I think it's a wise move strategically, I think but the bad move not, was not voting her not out last week. Fun. I think yeah, that I was think the mistake. Like you, like you said last week, she should have gone. But it's just, sometimes it's not fun to watch something be played at such a high level. It's like when people love college football, and I'm like, but NFL, like every part of it's better. And people are like, yeah, but college is exciting because you can blow it and have 80-yard plays. So I feel like the game is being played at such a high level (laughs) that they're getting rid of contenders too much. There's already too strong of a power alliance that will just surround themselves with free votes. And while that's the right strategy, it's super boring and it feels uncompetitive. I guess that checks out too. I'm trying to track this analogy, this college sports analogy. But I think ultimately you're kind of talking about people who are just there to screw up your game because they're so small in numbers. So you just kind of do what makes sense to your group. And as Kelly said, there can be many truths that exist simultaneously. So you never know what's real and what's not. You just got (laughs) to do what you can, you know? 
Yeah, I've never heard a more millennial Gen Z statement in my life. (laughs) I certainly think it applies to this game. Uh, But the other thing I want to mention on Karishma and Tom, now that he's gone, is the headline, of course, the clickbaity headline, I guess, to the Entertainment Weekly interview with him today was, Tom says there's no bullying of Karishma on the island. And his quote was, I think Karishma, and I don't blame her for this at all, I think her play was that she wanted to have that perception that she was kind of on the outs. It was poor Karishma all the time, even when she cut her hand. She made that into a bigger issue than I thought it would be, and I felt bad for her, don't get me wrong, I took that she cut her hand, but I think it became a bigger issue and that she wanted it to become a bigger issue. It seemed like her agenda was to make it into the poor Karishma show. She played the way she wanted to play, but she would sit at camp and just not participate in anything we were doing, and then she complained that she wasn't part of the group. So that was her game strategy. I'm assuming that that's the way she wanted to be perceived, so I don't think she was bullied at all. I think that is a tough statement to hear, and the the edit we've got to see, I can see it being true, though. And I think that's where you have... It's so dicey. I'm even hesitant to talk about a situation like this on a microphone that's going to be broadcast for the world. Well, because, like, we don't get the full truth and nothing but the truth. We get, like, this very specific version of the story told to us, and it's easy to make judgments, and even things that I'm pretty certain of, such as Karishma is not good at challenges, Mm -hmm. you still don't really see everything. And to hear a quote like that is tough because... It seemed pretty genuine when she was crying and confessional and talking about how fed up she was with her tribe mates. And honestly, the answer is somewhere in the middle, right? It, it has to be. And, and here's the issue, at least for me. I like the way Tom played this game. I like the way he stuck to his guns. I like his morals, his code, whatever it is. And I think he like a lot of older people and strangely myself, he gets frustrated when you can't just look at somebody and say, grow up. It doesn't matter. Like (laughs) your feelings matter. I understand that, but they can't ruin everything in your life. You can't play the victim card. And I think he was golly, even saying that like feels weird to say, but in some sense you have to be pushed past that. And I think Tom wanted to do it in the best way that he could. And I, th- I don't think he's operating from a place of, I hate Karishma, I don't trust Karishma, she's doing any of this. But in Tom's eyes, she's just not somebody who's physically strong. She's not somebody who's emotionally strong. She's not somebody who's handling the game well. And the edit also seems to back that up. But you'd never hear somebody say it as strong or as harsh as I just said it because we're not allowed to anymore, if that makes sense. So I don't... If I'm take if if someone asks me whose side are you on, Karishma or Tom, I'm leaning towards Tom's side. And again, we don't see the whole picture, we don't see the whole edit, but Tom seems like he went out there, he tried to make some friends, he tried to mix it up socially, he played his strong game. I guess I respect that more than Karishma seeming like everybody should feel sorry for her. I I don't relate to that well i think that's the hard thing is uh, i think tom is the kind of person who views the world very black and white like there are winners there are losers 
there are strong people and there are weak people. And the reality is that everyone has strengths and weaknesses in much different areas. And I think it just so happens that Karishma's strengths don't seem to lend to this game where Mm -hmm. like for her to not be equipped to compete well in challenges or to feel like she's part of the group. And obviously I'm not really going to wade into this entire thing where there are so many like background and societal and upbringing factors that Mm -hmm. probably and cultural factors that appear to affect the way she interacts with groups and her comfort level in interacting with groups. Mm -hmm. But all of that aside or all of that included, like I just don't think that the things that make her a good person and a strong person in different ways just haven't been given proper time. Like I thought her being vulnerable and open with everyone in this episode was that kind of moment where I was like, Oh, this is the person that you would be friends with if you met Karishma on the street rather than the one they are showing. That's sort of like, no one likes me. Why won't anyone play with me? Because that sort of framing is unfair to her and fits into just different types of people that you meet over your life that you're just like, oh, if is that that must be the kind of person she is. But you know, all these people are contain multitudes. I don't know. It's a tough thing. Yeah, it, it's a really tough look, and I feel bad for Karishma because right now she's being portrayed as a lamb that will eventually be led to slaughter once her usefulness is run out. And I don't think that Tom should have been the one to go home because Tom seems like he brought a little bit more to the game of Survivor, like you were saying. Her skill set's not showing. His is showing at least a little bit better than hers. He's making more social friends. He seems to be doing better in challenges. So... It's just, it's a tough situation to watch and it's a tough situation to sift through because I feel like everybody wants you to take a stance on one side or the other. And I've already said myself, I'm leaning towards one side, but I don't get to see everything for the 72 hours that this episode took or the, yeah, 50, the only way 12 can- days before. The only way I can think about it is if I were in the game, I think I would have probably made the decision they did, actually. I think I would want to keep her around because she feels like less of a threat and more of a sure thing about what she'll do. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tom, I mean, he's pretty straightforward, too. I think you know what he's going to do also, but he's not with you. So, <laughs> you know, see ya. Yeah, and I think Honestly, it- I probably would have gotten rid of Dean if it was between the three of them, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, I think Janet felt some tension with Tom and with Dean because they were both yeah, kind of set moment. in just doing what they were going to do. And Janet's like, well, you're not really even interested in possibly joining up in our alliance. You're just kind of sitting here waiting to get back to your own team. I've been impressed by Janet pretty consistently throughout this season, I think. Mm-hmm. I agree. She's She's played well. She's handled herself in challenges and i i think even in the challenge today someone yelled out like go mama janet or go i i didn't write the quote down but everybody seems to like her and she's doing really well at not being the old lady to vote out in vote one or two but was she good enough 
to make it into your power rankings, Ty? Only time will tell. Let's find out. All right. Let's give our top threes for week number five. Starting off at number three, I have Elaine. They made time in this episode to show how good she is at the social game. Everybody loves her. Like I said earlier, she had a fun little wrestling match with Missy, and the entire tribe was around, and it was entertaining. I think she just has a personality that can carry her a long way. My number three is Karishma. Okay. Despite all of our conversation about her being terrible at physical challenges, I feel like she's Tyrion Lannistering this mess all around. She was, like, at the bottom constantly, She's managed to keep herself alive, scrapping and clawing her way back into life, staying in the game, convincing people that she's with them. She's a, she could be a wild card, Ty. That's my generous reading of it. She could go any direction she wants now because no one views her as a threat. She can make things happen. She's been faking it this whole time. She's about to turn it on, win every challenge, win every social game, win every sleeping game. Get ready, Ty. Charisma time's coming. I'm sorry, this started with a Game of Thrones reference, right? Yeah. Okay, just being clear, I don't. I didn't watch the show. Chaos is a ladder. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Who's your number two? Number two for me, I have Jamal. I think Jamal is a very social player. I think he's becoming a vocal leader in his tribe and in his alliance. And I think he's honestly really good at strategy. He happened to have a really good performance in tribal. And I just, I like the way that he is talking. I, I don't know. I like what I've seen the past two weeks from Jamal. My number two is Missy. As she wound up on new Vokai with three of her former Vokais. They have a tough split there, obviously, but... She's proven that she plays hard and is willing to do whatever it takes to keep going. And she's made a couple big moves so far. I like where she's at now. I'm still nervous for her long term. I'm still nervous for her long term in the sense that she's playing so hard that I don't know how long she can keep it up. But right now I feel pretty good. She's my number two. And for all the reasons you just said, I have her at number one. She seems to be the strategist. Um, At least that's what we're being shown. She seems to have a really strong alliance with Aaron, and she was on the winning tribe, which is also good. So having three check marks next to her, I gave her number one this week. My number one, I'm pulling a tie here, uh, put Tommy, because... I felt like, once again, they went out of their way to show Tommy making another connection with another person and (laughs) continuing to just win. He won the challenge against Dean at the end. And uh, things have just been nothing but good for him so far, which I guess we would have said about Chelsea a couple weeks ago, too, and a few other people at some points. But, you know, uh, it just continues to feel like Tommy's getting a stealthy little look at a long-term run here yeah he's definitely playing well and uh i i think that he still has a good chance i just felt like i didn't see enough of him this episode yeah fair enough it's like your boys back home would say detective tyler b commons is on the case (laughs) he's done got got now i gotta figure out who got me do some interrogating 
what a weird sequence that was for someone who didn't talk for the first like two or three weeks of the show to all of a sudden be playing detective dean kowalski <laughs> it was a fun uh four minute intro to the episode definitely enjoyable great job dean you really pulled yourself out of a tailspin at the beginning of the season and got things going i'm all in give me more debonair dean all in for dean we'll see if he makes the big dance yeah, we need to look up whether Dean was like a legit college basketball player. Columbia. Columbia. Wow. He averaged 5.4 minutes a game in 34 total games over four seasons. Tough look for our guy. <laughs> he was the team's top scholar athlete in 2012-2013. Ivy League, man. Hell of a place to be. He started, he earned a start against Brown, posting one steal in four minutes of action. Logged a career hey. high 20 minutes and pulled down a personal best four rebounds against Haverford. Scored seven total points in four years. Well, seven more points than I ever scored in D1 basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, same here, my friend. Ty, anything else you want to talk about this week of Survivor? I think we nailed it. I. Well, we didn't have a Island of the Idols experience. I will honestly say, I think I genuinely enjoy Sandra and Rob getting to watch Tribal. And, like, yeah, just their conversations fun. are fun to watch and see. That would be fine if that's all we got of them the rest of the season, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> but we're getting closer and closer to the regular season ending here on survivor as we get to the merge i think we're only a few weeks away at this point and it's been solid so far i'd say like probably a decent to forgettable season so far so let's see how it plays out we need some big things to happen we need some big characters to step up maybe get a lane back into the spotlight let's uh make some things happen We'll have to see. I'm really enjoying it. I really enjoyed getting to know people this episode. Survivor, please stop gimmicks and just let us know who we're watching. Let it go. Maybe All bring right, back Tree Mail. I don't know. Does anyone miss Tree Mail? <laughs> We've lost a lot of things over the years, Ty. I think... Uh... Our friend Andy Dennard actually made mention in his column about all the things we've lost over the years. The finalists walking past all the torches, reward challenges. Thank God for that one. <laughs> challenges where you can win a car, the fan favorite award, the auction, the opening credits, the theme song. It's been a tough, <laughs> tough run. It's been tough, but we'll always be here, always loving the show. All right. Thank you, Tyler B. Commons, for joining me. You're welcome, Taylor P. Gaines, for joining you. Everyone else for listening. Go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, listen on Spotify, tell your friends, tell your Twitters, tell your Instagrams, do whatever you got to do to make sure we're not stranded on this island forever. Take care. Adios. All right. Goodbye. Yeah, 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 everybody. On the island. On the island. 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 You want to be a if you wanna hit it here on the island You gotta talk about the show If you wanna live here on the island And you're gonna survive When you're gonna be living a life on the island And you're living a survivor on the island I'm not good at making these things up as well. <laughs> That is right uh,